A little bit of inconvenience, who cares? That's it. Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. This is the personal development podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Good evening, all. All right, all right. Happy Monday to you. Man, it, Mondays, they come so quickly. Like, didn't we just do this last Monday? The, t- the time is flying. Man. Man, they say time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when, you're, when you've done 103 episodes of the 30-Minute Hour podcast. Did you know? Did you know, Ted? I got some statistics. They said that most podcasts don't make it past fourteen episodes. Did you know that? Oh, I was starting about leaving. I was thinking. About leaving. <laughs> I never told you that. I was on my way out, but someone told me right around episode seven. They said, "No, hang in there, hang in there." <laughs> I was almost gone, man. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I stuck it out, man. It was getting a little, it was getting a little touch and go for a minute. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but now this is awesome. I mean, I, I I this is one of I truly enjoy. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I'm at this point in my life where you know I, I need to be enjoying the things that I'm doing. You know, I don't that's like right. going, I don't like going through the motions and that's right. That's you know, checking right. the box and uh, punching the clock. This has been a lot of fun. My the pleasure is all mine. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, could, you, I could not imagine doing 103 episodes with any other partner. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I feel the same way, man. Right back at you. Well, as okay. you can see, cash app, cash app, me. There you go. I'm gonna need you to send me a little. I'm gonna need you to send me a little something. Right, right, right. I know. It'll be more that way too, mate. Uh-huh. Well, as you can see, this is truly not your everyday podcast. We're broadcasting on all these different formats. I mean, we're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube, uh, and then we're going to re- edit it, record it, all that good stuff, and go to all of your other favorite podcasting apps like Spotify and uh, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcasts, there you will find us. Shout out to you on Instagram Live. We have a the 30-minute hour Instagram page. Shout out to you guys that are watching us on IG Live right now. And definitely want to talk about the What Now movement. Make sure you're tuning in. Go to the Facebook page, the whatnowmovement.com, where we we give you content to help you to continue to pivot, Mm. continue to move forward, and and don't say, I'm going to wait until things get back to normal. (laughs) That's right. So, so Rob, one of the things that just irritates Ted out of no end when people say that, oh, you know, I, I got this thing I want to start, I've got this venture. I want to move, but but I'm going to wait until things get back to normal. No, you can't do that. You, you have to pivot. You, you have to continue to move. And, and that's really the, the spirit of the What Now movement. Cool. And we've got we've got an international guest. I, mm-hmm. I told you this is not your everyday podcast. I mean, how many podcasts do you tune into here in the United States where you have someone that's dialing on from Sydney, Australia? Right. And he's in the future already. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. 
It might be Monday in the United States, but it is Tuesday in Australia. So, so we, we are excited to talk to him. Uh, but before we go there, Ted, this may surprise you, but I've got something that's on my mind. Please share, That's right. So today I want to talk about the shortcut to improving your sales. Shortcut. That's right. I want to talk to you about the shortcut to improving your sales. So there's a story. It's a familiar story, Ted. There's a story of a new insurance agent. Uh, his name is Jack. And he was struggling to make sales. Mm. Like, he, like he would contact 10 leads and come back with 10 rejections. Mm. You know, he, he believed that business was slow due to the bad economy in his area and the fact that a lot of his customers didn't have money to pay for his services. That, that, that's what he believed. So, so to change his luck, he scheduled a meeting with this guy named Bill, who is the leading sales expert in town. So Bill agreed to provide Jack with 10 of his most qualified leads on one condition. That he contact them immediately and report back to him with the results. So the following week, Jack met with Bill in his office to provide his update. Here's what he said. He said, Bill, those were great leads. I sold policies to eight out of the 10 referrals. Mm. Thank you for giving me such great leads. Mm. Do you have any more? <laughs> so Bill said, oh, absolutely. But I'm really busy right now. But I tell you what, I'll be glad to give you my main source supply, the place where I'm getting all these leads. You ready? I'm going to give it to you. Jack mm. says, oh, great, man. Give it to me. I'm ready for the, the source of all the leads. If you're, they're your leads, I know they're going to be good. So Jack's facial expression changed when Bill handed him this big yellow book. <laughs> it was a phone book. Mm. That was the source of his leads. Mm. So as it turns out, those leads weren't qualified after all. Bill had basically picked 10 names and numbers at random for Jack to call. Mm. So here's the big takeaway. This is the part of the program Robert, you know, I, you know, I know you're new to this. This is the part of the program where, like, when people when they're driving, they just need to pull over to the side of the road. Just stop. You know, you want to be focused at this point. You know, if you're in in the gym, when you're on the treadmill, you need to just press pause. He got my attention. That's right. That's right. Uh, Ted, anything else they want to do? Rob, put the ham sandwich down. Got to put the ham sandwich. Eat the ham sandwich. This is the time to put down the ham sandwich. Listen, it's, it's getting it's about to get good. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so here is the big takeaway. Okay. Jack's results changed once his beliefs changed. Mm. That was it. See, mm. when he thought the leads were qualified, he changed his thinking. And so changing the way you think is the shortcut to improving your sales. Wow. Got to change your beliefs. Got to change your mentality. When he thought these were highly qualified leads, he went about it a totally different way. And we see examples of this type of thing playing out all the time. And it just so happens that our guest today, he helps his clients to improve their sales performance by helping them to change the way they think. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Now's the perfect time for us to introduce him and, and, and bring him officially bring him on to the show. He is a sales and business coach, speaker, and podcaster who helps people to improve their sales performance and processes using first principle thinking and disruption. He's the host of the Real Journeys of Success podcast, where he interviews a global selection of guests that range from a chef to the stars in Los Angeles, a venture capitalist in London, an ultra marathon runner from Australia, or a communications lecturer from Monaco. He is somebody. He is somebody. His personal mantra, Ted, is just be you. Just be you. That's right. That's that's all I Just be you. So please join me in welcoming to the 30-minute hour podcast, Rob Elliott. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Ted. It's really great to be on your show, guys. Welcome. It is truly an honor and a privilege to have you joining us today. All right. Let's get at it. Let's um I want people to really understand the backstory of how you got to this point. So let's get started. So, so during your childhood years, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, it's funny. Growing up, I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, I just saw, I used to read the newspapers and think that was, you know, a really uh, important job because you got to speak to very important people and meet, you know, stars and politicians and everyone that, as a little fellow, you think are the really most important people in the world. And uh, yeah, I never quite got there. I might have something to do with my spelling. <laughs> a bit of spell. Yeah, you know, I was terrible. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Spell spelling is important in journalism. <laughs> Not these days. You got spell check. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, so what was so you, you were thinking about going into journalism, and you had issues with spelling. So, but I mean, what was it that motivated you to think about coaching people on sales performance? You know, growing up and then some of the jobs that I had in sales and speaking to guys who had their own businesses, at the time I didn't know I was actually coaching them. I was just being a friend. And then as I got older and started to open my eyes and listen, I thought, hang on a minute, I've been in this game 30 years. I've made just about every mistake you can possibly make. I mean... I've seen and worked with good bosses, bad bosses. I've met good business owners, bad business owners. I thought, why shouldn't I take all the experience I've got and help people be better at what they do? Mm. There's nothing more frustrating than meeting a genuinely nice person and all they need is that 1% change that can hope completely change their life. Mm. And I thought, if I could do that, wouldn't it be amazing? And so that's, I just started to do it that way and did the same with public speaking. I used to ask questions and all of a sudden I thought, well, you know what, this is something I want to do. I want to help people if I can make some money along the way, even better. But, you know, in the end, I just love sitting there and watching someone's business go through the roof, then be happier, more time with their family, less stressed, you know, all those little things that add up to big things. That's interesting. So, so you, and a lot of times you find that all it takes is that 1% change. Look, if you to speak to any high-performing athlete, they'll tell you that the difference between someone who's been in the NFL or NBA for 10 years versus two are the one percenters. Mm. 
Mm. It's how many extra times you uh, practice the hoop. It's how many extra times you practice catching a ball. You do that 1% better than everyone else in the team, you'll be more successful. The mm. same in business. Break it down and do 1% in every area of your business better than your opposition or your competitors and you'll outlast them, you'll outgrow them and you'll make more money than them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the title of this show is that shortcut to improving your sales. It's really, it's, you know, we think it's the big thing. It's those little things, right? Oh, it's so true. I mean, anyone who comes in and says to you and tries to see you online, I've got this next big idea, follow this. I guarantee you'll make a million dollars in a month if you buy my program. That's a load of gobbledygook, as we would say in Australia. There's nothing, there is nothing that can substitute for hard work. Yeah commitment and to focus absolutely oh man so like if you could go back in time traveling go back to the time where you were first starting your career yeah obviously with the knowledge you have now what advice would you give to yourself oh man i was thinking about this the other day because one of my clients actually asked me and i said you know what just uh stop and listen and be you when you first start out, you want to be with the cool kids, just like you were at school. So you want to hang out with the guys. You want to be as good as the guys and get the girls. You want to be as good as the ones that have been uh, ultra successful. You, you, but you're not being you. Mm. If I had actually stood back and been me, I would have been far more successful a lot earlier in life. If I'd taken the blinkers off and not worried about who thought or what someone said about what I was or what I did or how I dressed or what I thought, it would have made the most amazing difference. I mean, who gives a hoot what anyone thinks? It's just an opinion. Mm. It's not right. It's not wrong. Sometimes your opinions can help you, you know, improve yourself. But I didn't do it. I didn't listen to what other people said. I thought I knew everything. I thought, well, I saw Job the Road. He was doing that. I'm going to do it. It must be right. No, I, I lost myself. And so I say, I would say to myself, dress the way you want to dress. Mm. Be who you are and be authentic when you meet people and you'll be far more successful than trying to be someone you're really not. Wow. Yeah, I, I think, you, you know, you want to fit in when you're younger. Yeah. And when you get, especially when you get in business, you realize that it's really about being able to stand out. 100%. Man, if, you look, if you look at some of those, pictures of you growing up when you were fitting in you're like what did i have on right why was i wearing that trying to fit in oh man oh look none of the stuff i wore it sort of made me stand out for all the wrong reasons uh very bad uh clothes choice i was i was certainly was not an influencer at you today <laughs> when it came to fashion yeah, so no, I, I think that's a great takeaway. You I mean just just be you, yeah, and, and you know lean into that. That I was yeah. uh, I was reading a book. There's this uh, entrepreneur. I think he's a teenager now, but when he was young, he would wear like all all his friends would wear their t-shirts, and but he would mm -hmm. wear like a bow tie all the time. He was always yeah. dressed up. He, they would just pick on him merciless, mercilessly. They would pick on him. When now he started a business where he sells like bow ties. Mm. <laughs> him and his mom got together and had this business and a lot of the kids and parents are coming to him now like wow. how do I get one so, so I mean like to me that's like a classic example I think you just have to lean into that thing that makes you different whatever it is hmm. oh, that's great
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what are the common problems that people call you? So, so Rob, they, they, they see you on this podcast and they're like, man, I'm in pain. I need you. What, what are some of the common problems that you help them to solve? Oh, there's a couple. When it comes to people starting out in sales, they think it's scary. They think they've got to follow this or do this way or go for the hard sell. They just don't understand the sales process. Now, when it comes to sales, if you, you can, I can train someone in a process that will get them to 60 to 65% of their capability just by following a process. Mm. That means that someone who has no confidence in sales can be trained to sell. Mm. So they don't break it down. They try too hard and they come to say, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but I can't get a sale. And so what I do is I break down what they're doing and how they're doing. And most of the time, it's just confidence. Mm. Now, most of the time, it's not listening. They get excited. Where they become an unpaid consultant and they blurt everything out. Mm. An unpaid consultant. <laughs> Unless you're fixing your problem, you don't give a hoot about what your product can do or your service can do unless it matches what he's looking. So I help people with how to listen, how to ask the right questions, how to ask open questions, empathy. I mean, we've been given two ears and one mouth for a reason. And that's, you know, that to me is the biggest thing. When it comes to business, it's a different way of looking at it. I call it the sales chain. People in business quite often don't understand that everyone in every business is part of the sales chain. You don't have to be selling to affect sales. And if you break it down, you can have the best front of house salesperson. You can have the most fantastic product. But how many times have you gone into a restaurant that's a big franchise? Their ads are great. Their franchise is great. Their colours are great. The, and then the waitress walks up or the waiter walks up and they've had a bad day. Mm. Yeah. What do you remember? You don't remember the quality hamburger or steak. You don't remember the nice sign or the ads. You remember the waitress or the waiter that had a yeah. bad day. And just went, yeah. yeah. You know, so once you break that down, you go through what we call the sales chain. It unearths a lot of different things in a business. It can unearth a bad credit practice. It can unearth a terrible delivery service. And people say it's not sales. It is sales. It's all part of the chain. And so that's where I get break it down with people in business and we sit down and go through it. And sometimes the, well, nearly every time, the problem they think they've got isn't. It's something totally different. Mm. And we just, you break it down, you work on the 1% as in each. Sometimes it's 5 and 10% has to be improved. Other times you don't have to improve anything. And uh, I get a smile on their face. It's the biggest payment I love. Uh, they get more relaxed, they open up, and then you help them become more successful. And that's that right, rocks my world. So, so Rob, have you ever uh, had to sell a, pr a bad product? Yes, I have. Uh, it was a challenge. If the product, in my, my personal belief, is if I don't believe in the product and it doesn't, uh, not going to deliver what the customer's paying their money to, I'll walk away. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't sell somebody or ask someone to spend their money on a product that's not going to deliver to them what they need. It just goes against my ethics. And so I walked away. And the worst thing was I was working for a friend. Mm. And I never realized until I got there. It's a bad product. Wow. It's a bad product. Are you still friends with him? 
Nah. <laughs> so so yeah. let, let's let's circle back a little bit. Kind of talk yeah. to us about like how did you get all of this knowledge and wisdom when it comes to the sales process? How did you acquire all of that? Uh, lots and lots of uh, missteps along the way. But I grew up in a family business that was in the hospitality industry. And so I grew up living in pubs in Australia from the age of five. And mum and dad ran the pub. So in Australia, back in those days, you lived above the pub or out the back. And pubs in Australia have uh, restaurant, public bars, motels, had the whole thing, takeaway. It wasn't just one section. And mum and dad were the perfect what you call partnership. Dad was the front, mum was the back. Mm. Uh, they had the yin and yang, but they had the unique ability to be able to make someone, when they walked into our business, feel that they were the only person in that bar or restaurant. Mm. They made everyone feel valued. It didn't matter how difficult they were. At the same time, they could still run a profitable business. And so one of the things my mum taught me very early was, we call it the, the three-step rule. First time someone walks into the bar, you remember what they order. The second time they walk to the bar, you remember their name. The third time you call them by their name, you have their beer ready. <clears throat> now, if you listen to anyone, even like uh, the guys who do all the big shows in America, the reality, you know, the bar rescues and all that, if you get a customer back for the third time, you've won them for life. Uh. So if you can work on that with, a, it doesn't matter, with retail or whatever, and whatever you need to do when someone rings up or you speak to, you get them for life. It's, it's not familiarity, it's respect. Hi, George, how are you? Would you like a cappuccino? Oh, hi, Harry, do you still want those chemi same chemicals you used last month? You only ordered 10 litres. Do you need 15 this month or do you need something different? It all works the same. The same principle can be applied. And so I took that and when I left, mum wanted me to get a, what we call a experience outside the industry. So I worked uh, in the banking industry and that was tough. I was actually working in the domestic money market during the 87 stock market crash around the world. And as a very young fellow, that was downright scary because I didn't know what was going on. We were locked in basically in our building in Sydney. We could hear... We knew what was going to happen in New York and London and everywhere around the world with stock markets crashing. And it was just a roller coaster. And I saw the best and worst in people's reactions. And at the time, I didn't know I was, I was learning. And then after that, I went in back into the industry. I love the liquor industry and moved around in some of the best companies uh, in Australia. And I actually worked for Guinness for three and a half years in Australia. Best job I ever worked in because they had a culture that was supportive, you worked hard, you played hard. But all along the lines, I had some very good mentors and some bad ones. And some of my bad managers taught me the most. So if you open your eyes and you sit there and you listen and you work your way through, and we've all got it. Uh, I've been all the way through. I worked in liquor industry, industrial, did a bit of real estate. And I just sat back and I learned from some of the best in the business and said, well, who's doing it better than me? What are they doing better than me? Mm. Let's copy. And that's a good start for anybody. It doesn't matter, sport, uh, business, anything. Find someone who does it better than you. See what they're doing different to you and start there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's such a 
a mm. basic step that everybody can take. What is it that stops people from doing that? Because most of the time, if somebody is, you know, doing something better, it's like we have a negative thing towards yeah. them. We get jealous. But but what, what is, why don't we do that more? I think people are scared. Yeah. I think people are scared to walk up to that person and say, hi, you know, you're really good at what you do. I'm just starting out. What advice would you give me? If mm. that person is a truly a good person, they'll take the time. It doesn't matter if they only give you a minute. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Don't be afraid. What's the worst they can say? No. Yeah. That's going to come back at them. I'm a strong believer in karma. I'm a strong believer in what you put out in the universe. You shall get back. Uh, you know what? Help anyone. If someone asks you for help, they're doing it for a reason. And don't be afraid to ask. You might learn how not to speak to people by someone being rude to you. Mm. You still learn. Uh, once you've done it a couple of times, I, I, Eric, I had when I do public speaking, people turn around and say to me, "Oh, I get nervous and this and that," and I'm, you know, it doesn't worry me. And I turn around and say, "So you don't like talking to strangers?" And they go, "No." I say, "So every time you go to the supermarket, I want you to ask the person who's serving you how their day is." Mm -hmm. And then come back and tell me he got seven days. I say I want you to I want you to hit five people in the next seven days. It can be the service station, it can be the news agent, it can be the the, the local uh, takeaway. You know what? They never come back with five. They come back with ten. Mm. Again, it's just breaking down, giving someone confidence to do it. And it, it you just it's you know little bits, and that's why they don't do it, guys. People don't, are scared of no. They're scared of rejection. That's fuel. Turn around and say, well, that fuels. Every time someone says no, that's fuel. I'll go to the next one until mm -hmm. I get what I need to know. Yeah. See, I mean, so that, there's a tip right there. We talk about helping people to become unstoppable. Yeah. If you really look at no as fuel, you're unstoppable. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, so what yeah. Yeah. Well, you also... Just don't take it personally. Right. Right. Like, you know, it's not like they're saying you stink. Yeah, you may, right? But but most of them they're just saying, well, you know, they're not interested in what you have. Sometimes they just mm -hmm. they may be having a bad day or whatever. And I think that, you know, the point that you made, Rob, of just constantly practicing, just engaging with people. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to do that all you know, all the time. I had mentioned this uh on a on a past show that whenever I go out to a restaurant, I try to help that server get a good tip. Yes. Because I speak to them, I talk to them, I engage with them. And then in return, 99.9% .9 of the time they go above and beyond for me and it's a good situation. I get I, my food is right. They get tipped right. Everyone wins. But it started with me and you know just having a you know a conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ryan Serhant, a million dollar listing in New York, is now one of the top New York brokerages in real estate. He says he must meet on every working day five new people. Mm. That's his goal every day. Doesn't mean sell or buy or list with them, meet five new people. It's mm. now become part of what he does naturally. Mm. He wouldn't be successful. A guy started as a hand model and unemployed in New York is now. A multi-millionaire and good on him. Wow. Well, you know. You said he was a you said he was a model? A hand model. A hand model. Yep. You have some nice looking hands to be a hand model. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you look him up, you probably think he's a nice looking dude too, but uh I probably won't think it's a nice looking dude. <laughs> yeah. I, and I really don't even want to see his hands either, Rob, but I'm gonna take the word for it that he got nice looking hands and he's a nice looking dude. I thought well, I, that's yeah. what I heard you say he was a hand model. I was like, gee. Well, don't most people from New York think they're nice looking? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But that's funny though, thinking about but a hand model. Like I could see, you know, it's interesting when you used to watch you see commercials. For different uh like you know dishwashing detergents or whatever mm -hmm. and you'll see you know they may show a lady with you know nice looking hands and they'll have that on mm -hmm. the on the bottle but what does a, a male hand model do like you, you see them throwing a football or something i mean how do you yeah, probably, probably watches or uh ah, yeah, watch. or i don't know obviously he didn't make a lot of money out of it because he, he was broke and started selling real estate <laughs> that's right <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I have mine. Oh, man. What works? Who cares? If when you break, you got to earn money. Absolutely. So, Rob, so describe your ideal client, like the typical person that you work with and take to that next level. Normally someone who comes to us totally frustrated in business or in sales. They feel that they've uh, they've hit the brick wall. They They can't see, as we say in Australia, the forest for the trees. And they just say, "Go help! I need. I've. I've. Some, you've got a breakthrough. You've got to help me." Uh, and they're normally the best ones because they're they're desperate. The ones that don't reach out, you don't want because mm. they don't have the drive. So the guy or the lady who comes to you in business and says, "You know what? I've got an issue. I can't find it. My business is failing, but as far as I can see, I'm doing everything right." And I go, "Beautiful. Let's have a coffee." Because the fit's got to be both ways. You know, you, you can be the best coach in the world, but if you don't can't build a relationship and can't can't build uh, a good rapport with someone, if you you know, sometimes it's, it's just purely because of uh, you're two different people. If you're two different, it's not going to work. Mm. And so I, I normally get people like that, or a salesperson who was going really well, and then it plat out and it started to drop. And it's normally because they're doing what they were doing five years ago. Mm. They haven't adapted and moved. They haven't pivoted, just like you were speaking about. You've got to change with the times. People change, things change. And it can be as simple as a couple of sessions, quick sessions of peeling the Band-Aid off, and all of a sudden you see a click in their face when you've asked them so many times and they go, oh, and they get it. Mm. And they, you see it in their face. They don't have to tell you. And so they're, they're the guys that I love to deal with. They're, they're my ideal customer that's got total focus, total desperation, and wants to improve it. I'm not interested in the ones who are just looking for a quick fix or don't have that drive. Yeah, absolutely. So so if you could recommend one book, the, the, the one book that can really help our followers to improve their business based off of your experience, what book would you recommend and why? Man, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. I've got a lot of books. Uh, you know, I read your Simon Sinek's and your, your Tony Robbins and a lot of the different guys from around the world. I picked up a book. It's got a black cover. I think it's Jocko Wisling, 100% Accountability. He's a, a U.S. Navy SEAL. Mm. And what he does, he talks about uh, being overseas in uh, serving his country in very, very bad areas. Uh, and he talks about how they go through the planning of going out from their barracks to do a, uh, a job, as they call it, 
and then coming back and then they relate it back into business. But the, the thing I love about it is and it, it what set it what I call it set me free. A hundred percent accountability. US Navy SEALs and Navy SEALs and special forces all around the world work on when you win, the team wins. When you're not successful, the team's not successful. So everyone and you take a hundred percent accountability for what you do and how you do and the success or the not success of what goes on. And he spoke about they lost a, uh, a member. And you know what I mean by that, when they were out one day. And they all came back and like, they were heartbroken. And then they broke down where they went wrong. And every even the ones that did their job perfect still turned around and said, I could have done this better. Mm. Now, it took me a long time to accept and accountability for my actions because I always thought I was right when I was young but once I started to accept accountability and say yes I stuffed up yes I did that irrespective was right or wrong mm. it sets you free yeah and too many managers and too many people look to blame it doesn't matter if the person down in the dock sent it out to the wrong address yeah okay he did that but what could you have done so he, that didn't happen? Mm. It's all about making yourself accountable for your actions and everyone around you that you influence. And it truly sets you free once you accept it. Mm. It truly sets your business free where it's no blame. There is no blame in this place. There is. I remember I was working for a big company in Australia and they used to have sales meetings and we had a rule of no rank. So... A general manager, anyone could come in and sit in our sales meeting. But when they walked in, there was no rank. Everyone was equal and everyone was allowed, as long as you were respectful, to speak your mind. Mm -hmm. And I saw some very senior executives come apart in those meetings <laughs> because of the candor of the people below them. Mm -hmm. The guys that were working for me had learned to take accountability for their actions and they're not doing a job, doing a job without it where the senior management hadn't. They were always looking for a reason why something didn't work. Mm. Uh, and and that, and I, and I'd already started to take accountability before I read the book. But once I read the book, it all put it into perspective. And it works with sporting teams. It works at home. It works in business. It does every part of your life. Put your hand up. Yeah, I stuffed up. Put your hand up. Yeah, that was my choice. Wasn't, didn't we have great success? Both sides. It's not all about when you muck up. Celebrate your successes. You kick a goal, thank the team. It wasn't you that kicked the goal. You couldn't kick the goal or score the touchdown without the rest of the guys helping you get to where you got. Yeah. And you see a lot of sports people who are very, very selfish. They go, it's all about me, it's all about me. Mate, that, as you call it, 200-pound uh, forward down the back who made all those yards for you who put you in the position for the quarterback to throw you the pass mate he's just as much a part of that touchdown as you going over the line and that in business it's so true and more businesses need to take accountability and managers need to take accountability especially and lead from the front and put their hand up and say i made a bad decision guys let's work out how we fix it rather than blame someone below you you know, it's interesting that you say that. I was thinking about sports and football now, and it used to be a time when after a player scored a touchdown, you know, he would celebrate and dance by himself. Yeah. And now you see they bring all the people together 
and they get mm -hmm. together and they do something together. Because mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, that ball would have never got there if somebody didn't block, didn't throw the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, everybody shares in the uh, in the success. Yeah. 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 You see leaders around the world, you see politicians are the best people mm -hmm. to blame others. Doesn't matter which side you follow, blue, green, red, that, that don't matter. Politicians are great at blaming others rather than putting your hand up if you're in opposition or you're in government and saying, you know, we could have done a better job there. Yeah. Or wasn't that a great success? Both ways. Yeah. True leaders do. I just think if, if you're coaching somebody, I mean, the first step for them, they really just have to own it. You know, yes. when you can get somebody to own it and say, you know what, it's me, I need to do better, then then you can really move forward. And they've got to say it. You can't tell them. Right. You know, they I have know. to say it. Because they you won't know. do anything you tell them. But once a client says it themselves, who are they going to blame if they don't do it? Because they're the ones that said it. Right. You know what's wrong. But once they've said it, so you can't come back. You know, I have this. I have this saying. I always say, just eat the soup. <laughs> it, it just, just eat, just eat the soup. If you just eat the soup, it, it, it it's, it's over quick. Well, you know, da da da. You just, just eat the soup. Just eat the soup. And, it, and usually, if you do, it, it, you know, everything else, people just kind of back off you. But as long as you said and you try to put it mm -hmm. on someone else and yeah. not be accountable. Just eat the soup. I didn't do my job. I could have done better. I could have ripped the band-aid off. That's right, it. Ted, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ted, we done done 103 episodes. I've never no. heard you say eat the soup. You like, you like that. Because you know, <laughs> because you, you know, because you the way that you do things, you, you there's never been a time that I've had to tell you to eat the soup. That's a good <laughs> that's a that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If I say to you, Eric, just eat the soup. That means you, you know, you give me excuses, you give me to run around. So no, just there hasn't been a reason for me to say to eat the soup. But there's some people, they know. I always say, just eat the soup, just, just eat the soup. I used to go without my sales team, and I, if you had someone who was struggling a little bit, we'd we'd be in their area, and we go, "Have you called on that customer over there?" And you knew it straight away by their body language uh, if they had or not. And I'd say, "Well, I'll give you two choices." If I walk in, I'll get the commission. Or I can sit here and you can walk in and come back with a name and an appointment. Which do you want? Because they knew if I walked in, I was getting a sale. I was not just getting an appointment. I was getting a sale. Mm -hmm. And they'd look at them and i watch the blood drain. And they get out of the car. Because it was better, easier for them to go and get it than me to have to walk in. Well, I did it on purpose. It was if they turned around and said, "Yeah, I'll go in and get it," but can you come with me and then give me some tips afterwards? Of course, I'd do it, and they keep the commission. Yeah. <laughs> but they knew I'd go in. I had no fear. Exactly, eat the soup. You got two choices, or I'll eat it for you. That's it. That's it. Oh man. So, so let, let's let's shift gears a little bit. Let, let's talk no about problem, your your favorite failure. Let's, what past failure can you think of that's contributed to your current success? I'm going to disagree with you here. I really do not like the word failure. Hmm. Uh, 
I, I look at it as such a, a this is a personal thing, a negative, uh, 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 energy draining word. I know where you're coming from with it. I call them missteps, but you're learning from them all the time. Uh, if I don't think I'd have a favourite one. I mean, I've, we've all had many missteps. We've had, uh, I, I've been asked, I've, I've watched a big failure in your terms and it had to be have been told by my boss, well, you can take this on and if you stuff it up, you'll lose your job. And it was a $12 million contract that the company I was working for had won and within six months they were looking at losing it. Mm. And uh, they put me in and I, me and another guy saved it. It took us 12 months, but we saved it. Uh, so when I, I when I look at that, I, I look at things in a little bit of a different way. I say to people, what in your when you were working for someone, say selling uh, hairdressing stuff, and over those two years, what did you learn from all your missteps, all the little things, the one percenters again, and we break it down that way. Mm. And it's it life's full of little times when you've done or said the wrong thing or you haven't put in the effort you should have and so I, I look at it and it's just the way I choose to look at it I think everyone has to look at it their own way because uh, to me failure is an end you can't come back from like when a rope fails it fails you can't slice it back together you can tie it back together but it's still not as strong as it was so I, I sort of flip it in the in, in a different way and uh, just say, well, what all these little things I learn along the way, all the little tips I learn along the way, I walk out and I go, you know, I could have done that better, you know, and that that's just the way I approach it. It's uh, I I was taught young failure, you're a failure this, you're a failure that. It was very finite, and I prefer to look at it the other way. Infinite, as Simon Sinek said, to uh, to come out of it, and. Uh, you know, move on, learn and grow, you know, that's just who I am. So, so, so basically, Eric, he didn't like your question and he flipped and twisted your, your question up. <laughs> as only a, as only a, a fellow podcaster could do. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so it's not a, so, so Rob, it's not a failure, it's a misstep. Misstep. To me, they're missteps. And you always get back on your feet. Every time, if you choose to. Yeah, I mean, I think the key the key is learning. I mean, the the, the bottom line, and this again goes back to the whole spirit of the what now movement. It, it it's, does. You know, a lot of times people they experience those missteps and they stop. Yes. You know, but but you, you got to keep moving. You got to learn. You got to learn the lesson and come back better. Oh, mate, you're you're 100 on the mark, Eric. It's exactly everything you've been talking about. All right. Excellent, excellent. So you're also the host of the Real Journeys of Success podcast. Yes. What, what can people gain? What will they gain when they tune in? Look, as you know yourself, every guest that comes on my show is different. Mm. They're all from a different, some of them now from different countries. Uh, they've all had different experiences. They've all made different uh, missteps, successes, yeah. and they all bring something very different, but the the only consistent is they're all real people. They're all they're not mega mega celebrities, 
but some of them have been far more successful in life than a lot of the so-called mega celebrities you see on the press and on the internet and Facebook and that. And so what I try to do is find different people from around the world from a different angle and get them to talk about who they are, where they came from and how they became successful. And success just isn't money. Success is a whole different way in everyone's mind. And every time someone listens to it, you read the byline, and I tell you what, some of the things they come out with is just gold. And if, if you're feeling a little bit down or you're feeling, you know, where am I going to go? I'm looking for a bit of guidance. Go on to the and look at look at all the people I've interviewed. And I guarantee everyone has a message and every message is different. We have a lot of fun. It's very conversational. And uh, we've got people there who, one's a uh, university lecturer in Egyptology who was told in when he was in, uh, I think, 12, that he had a learning difficulty and he'd never be anything. Mm-hmm. I've got a lady who's been in uh, movies around the world who slept in her car in Los Angeles because she didn't have anywhere else to live. Uh, we've got, you know, just some people who have just been pushed down. I had one guy who's out of his eight best mates, he, he lived in Brooklyn, five are dead because of where they were living in a very bad area. Yeah. Uh, another guy was a uh, traffic controller on, the, on 9-11. Wow. You know, these people are truly inspiring. I'm just a host. I'm, my job is just to bring them to the world. Mm. My job is just to ask questions and let them tell the stories. And I tell you what, I'm privileged to do it. I'm privileged. I've, I loved every single person that's been on my show. Because I learn something every time. And I just say to people, look, put it on in the car on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Ghana in India, whatever, you know, is easy for you. And just for 30 minutes disengage from the world and listen to someone else's story. And you can't finish any of those podcasts and not feel inspired. They really are all very genuinely interesting people. That's a, that's a, that's a great point, eh? You know, we talk about that all the time as well, just in the, the hundred plus shows, like you're learning something. It's like you're, it's almost like you're sitting at, a, at the airport or at a bar or something and you sit beside someone and they just tell you their their story. And it's amazing of what you, you learn when you just listen to someone else. Like listen to them. Yeah. You just got to ask. Yep. That's it. And you see someone sitting in a park bench or someone sitting somewhere with no one around, just ask, say good day, as we say in Australia. Mm. How are you today? That's all it needs to say. Yeah. A smile and good day, how are you? You know, it's all, it's also it's also interesting how we started this podcast in 2019 and mm. someone had said that, man, you know, a year or two from now you're gonna be interviewing someone in Australia. <laughs> you know, because at that point, really, anytime we interviewed someone in the early days, we'd bring them to to my office mm. in uh, in Maryland. Mm. So, had we met you in 2019, you would have had to come to Atlanta, Maryland, <laughs> and be well, interviewed if you wanted to be interviewed. And 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 you know, it probably would have been on you because we didn't have a travel budget. So you probably would have. <laughs> 
you know. Well, I'm pretty I'll sure catch a, bus or, catch a bus or something from Australia. <laughs> Eric would have paid. It would have been fun. Oh, well, there we go. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure I would have. There we go. There I we have go. been to the states a few times. I know doing on my way around. There you go. <laughs> But now, you know, one of the things I like about this whole podcasting space is that we interview people all the time that just take away any excuse that anybody would have for performing. You know, yeah. like like Robert, you mentioned the, the lady that's living in her car. And mm. we, we had a guy that was that's 27 years old that's just absolutely killing it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can say, I'm too young. This guy is just making it happen and coming up with all these ideas. Um, and so it's just, we, that's one of the things I like about this. I mean, even someone like yourself, you know, that they're accomplishing things that that expand what you think are possible. Hmm. So awesome. Even even if we didn't have one viewer check us out, one listener, I mean, two two people are definitely checking out. You know, whatever is being said every week no, and learning right. from it. Yeah. <laughs> Did Gary V start with thousands of people? Did Did Tony Robbins start with thousands of people? No. Yeah. Nope. So you don't need thousands of people to make a difference in the world. Mm. You only need to change one person's life and just like a butterfly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so now is a great time. We're going to go around the horn. And this is the part of the show where we each leave that closing thought that can help one of our followers to become unstoppable. And, you know, this is Ted's favorite part of the show. This is the, this is the part of the show that Ted enjoys most, if you can tell by the way he's shaking his head. Rob, <laughs> I do not like this part of the show, Rob, because, again, each week we have these amazing guests like yourself that have been just giving all this great information throughout the, the show, and then you're going to say something, then I have to come behind it. So... Mate, I think you've just you've just embodied what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, I've said it already. It's it's honestly, when everything is going bad, and you're facing the wall, and you're sitting there going, "What do I do next?" I just tell people, take a breath, and just be you. Mm. Because when you are you, you don't have to worry about what you've said. You don't have to remember how you said it. You don't have to pretend or think, I was trying to do this this way. When you are you and you are authentic, nothing else matters. And if someone doesn't like you for being you, they're not worth it. They're not worth to have you in their life. And that's in business or anything. And when you turn around and said, you're going to come by you know, after me, blah, blah, blah. But that's true. That's you being you. And that's awesome. You know, Guys, I say to everybody, walk down the street, walk in, stand up tall, command respect. When you walk into that, that office room or that big party or anywhere, stand tall and say, look at me. I am me. Look at me. That's not arrogance. There's a big difference. Being you isn't being arrogant. A lot of people think being you is being arrogant, overconfident, or all that. No, 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 no. One being you is being happy with who you are, loving yourself, being confident in who you are, and it just you you'll have a presence in a room, in a shopping center, in a bar, in a nightclub 
that is unstoppable. It really will be. And it just takes practice to drop the guard and just walk in and go, hey, I'm wearing a bright pink suit with a yellow tie and green hair. That's who I am. Love me. I don't care. Yeah. You. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. You. Yeah. Because everybody yeah. else is already taken. That's right. Yeah. There's only one of you. That's right. Isn't that isn't that good, Ted? There's only one of Eric. That's it. That's it. That's it. Now I, you know, again, this has just been a great show. Just you know, great insight. And again, you know, just about every week, it's it's mindset. Right, everything kind of ties to ties to mindset. It is you know, like when you, you when you when you gave the example about the the person looking in the yellow pages, like you know mm. you, you know when someone told that person that yeah these are are vetted contacts that are there, some of my top leads, and that person went in with a mindset that that if he was going to close because they were top people, but then when it was like okay, well really here's what it is. Right, this is the same thing that you, that you could do, right? You like you went into that game feeling that you could, you know, make the shot, yep. you know, hit the ball, you know, you know, whatever it takes. And I just think that, and whatever you, whatever you do, you know, if you go in there with that mindset that you're going to be successful, or you know, and if you have, like you said, a misstep, you know, that's going to be a, an opportunity for you to learn. You'll get over it. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah, I think you, as Eric said, you know, you'll definitely be a, you'll definitely be unstoppable. So again, yeah. no, thank you for that. Awesome, awesome. 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 So, so my round, it kind of ties back to something you said earlier, uh, where you were talking about just getting one percent better, and, and it kind of reminds me. I was reading something about Pat Riley, mm-hmm. coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, and that was his whole thing. Like he came mm-hmm. out. The, the year they had a bad loss to the Boston Celtics. And he said, look, everybody, it's not as big as you think. We just need to get 1% better every day. Mm-hmm. Like he had these chart, he had these measurements on people going back from when they were in high school. So everybody's 1% was different based off of where they were, their athletic ability. And that's what, that's what did it. Everybody was so focused on just getting 1% better. Mm-hmm. Over time, that 1% added up. Wow. I, I think if you approach sales, you know, I hear people all the time saying, oh, I'm just not a natural salesman. I'm not good at sales. Just focus on getting 1% better. Yeah. Get you a right. You need a Rob Elliott in your life. That's what you need. Help, help coach you through this thing. That's what you need. You know, that, that's the key. So that, that, really, that resonated with me when you said that about the 1%. Because I think that's but, great. But if you set an appointment with Rob, just know he's a day ahead. <laughs> he's in the future. Rob is yeah, in the you, future. You, you need to know that. He's already ahead of you. Keep that calendar, That's right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You're so right there, Eric. Everything you said was a hundred percent on the mark, mate. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I had to make up for the failure misstep thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's that's what you get with me. You're not going to get somebody's going to tell you what you want to hear. Okay, I got Real you. Time. Real time. <laughs> He's like, he's like, I do, I do, I do not like this question. I don't know how to this. You know, let me, Eric, let me be honest with you. This question right here, this is rubble. Whatever, what was the word you said earlier? Rubble something. Gobbledygook. 
Got this is a gobbledygook. This question right here, I'm not dealing with this gobbledygook. Uh, so, so, Rob, how, how can people connect with you? Uh, you can go through the website, www.robelliot.com.au. You can look us up on YouTube. Uh, we're on Facebook, just Rob Elliott, Business and Sales Coach. Uh, and, of course, all the... Uh, the apps where you listen to your favourite podcast, it's all got my contact details in there. So I'm pretty easy to get hold of. I talk to people all over the world, so it doesn't matter where you are. You know, having, getting, catching up, doing a bit of coaching, it's nothing these days with Zoom. You know, you just get into it. Fantastic. Again, this has been another amazing episode of the 30-Minute Hour Podcast. It's not your everyday podcast. We're thankful to Rob Elliott for joining us today all the way from Australia. Uh, make sure you check us out on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on YouTube. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us. Until next time, have a great one. Have a groovy day. <laughs>